5 this morning, briefly. 1 John 5, so turn there with me. I will read you the first five verses of that chapter. Second turn there. 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 5 text. Hear now the word of God. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is the Word of God and all God's people said. Amen. Most people who have read through 1 John a few times um, in one sitting know that John discusses a number of evidences of the faith. That's kind of something you get out of the book real, real quickly. He talks about these evidences of the faith. Sometimes commentators call them tests or like uh, tests of life or something like that. Tests of faith that clarify who truly is a Christian. And most people see three tests in this. Most people uh, ascertain three different tests in First John. There is the truth test, right? The test that, particularly the truth that Jesus is the Son of God. So if you are uh, a truly a Christian, right? You need to pass that truth test. You need to believe in the divinity of Jesus Christ. The second test is a test of obedience. In particular, obedience to the commands of Jesus. And then there's a third test that John talks about, which is a test of love. In particular, love for our brothers and sisters in Christ, especially. Now, the danger here lies in thinking that these three tests somehow make independent contributions to our faith. Right? As if a person might hope to pass two out of three and be in like Flynn. Well, I've got the truth test and I've got the obedience test. So that's two out of three. That's pretty good. So I must be a Christian. Uh, The danger is thinking like that. Thinking in that that way. But toward the end of the epistle, as we just read in chapter 5, particularly in these five verses... These three tests really come together in such a way as to show they are not independent at all. They don't make independent contributions to faith, and we cannot pick which ones we uh, uh, have. They all hang together. And so our passage begins with the truth test. That a person who believes that Jesus is the Christ, verse 1, that that person is born of God, which is a point... Reiterated by John in all of his writings. But everyone who is born of God will surely, necessarily love others who have been born of God. Spiritual siblings, as it were. So the truth test is linked through the new birth to the love test, you see. How then do we know that we really do love the children of God? Well, first of all, by loving God himself in Christ, and then in consequence, carrying out his commands. Verse 2. It would be ridiculous, the logic goes, to claim to love God and not obey Him. That doesn't make any sense to John. So obvious, uh, so obvious is this in Scripture that one might go far as to say 
that love for God is obedience to His commands. Verse 3. Of course, John has already reminded his readers that one of Jesus' central commands, his new commandment, this is uh, what John's doing earlier in the, in the letter, is that his disciples do what? Love one another. Right? This new commandment I give you. Love one another. So thus, the love test is tied to the obedience test at several levels. So we have to see the connection there. And one must not think that the Christian life is nothing more than simple, tough-minded obedience. I'm just going to follow these rules. I'm going to put my hand to the plow and just do what God requires of me in this sort of tough-minded obedience. The truth is that Jesus' commands are not burdensome, John tells us. For in the new birth, under the Spirit's influence, God has given us the power to perform what Jesus commands. The commands he asks of us, which are incredibly uh, difficult to accomplish in many cases, loving our enemies, uh, right, praying for those who persecute us, those sorts of commands, those are very difficult for us and ourselves to do. But we aren't in this by ourselves, right? We have the Spirit of God working in us. He has given us the ability to overcome even the world, John says. Who then has this power to overcome the world that is groping in sin and darkness? How can you overcome this world and not suffer the consequences of its sin? Those who are born again, those who have genuine faith, of course. And genuine faith is defined primarily in terms of faith's object, which is the truth that Jesus of Nazareth truly is the Son of God. And so the test of obedience with the test of love is tied back to the truth test. So for John, truth, love, and obedience form a matrix of faith. A matrix of faith. All three together, necessarily. And so the glorious reality is that in the Christian way of being in the world, truth and ethics are inextricably tied together. We tend to want to separate those, especially when it's convenient for us. But we cannot. Creedal confession and transformed living go hand in hand. Liturgy and life kiss. Any other alternative makes the Christian faith either superstition or humbug. So the test of faith, truth, love, and obedience is holistic and qualitative. It is not quantified as uh, those of us who have taught and have had to do uh, weighted averages on exams and such, right? It's not quantified as a percentage of number correct over the total. That is not how uh, our faith is measured. We don't get to cherry pick the virtues of faith because they are not for individual sale. They are a package deal. And so we need to fight the urge to reduce our relationship to the living God through Christ down to some quantified measure of success. <coughs> Rather, we examine ourselves and ask, does what I confess about my faith in Christ manifest itself tangibly in love and obedience? And so that's the challenge of us in our text today, to examine ourselves in this way, to reorient our thinking to this matrix of faith, truth, love, obedience. John is challenging us um, to reorient our, our, our way of thinking about this. So let's pray. Lord, you know our tendency to disintegrate the nature of faith, to think that our relationship with you is somehow like a checklist of merit that you keep tabs on. Help us to understand that the transforming faith we share in Christ is pervasive, that it affects the whole of who we are. 
If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. You have made us new, and you call us to radical truth, love, and obedience as an expression of our new lives in Christ. Give us greater faith to walk through the world with a right understanding of your transforming work in us. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.